Content warning. Listener discretion is advised. Hi everyone and welcome back to Beneath the Briefs. Today we have a great topic and for that we have awesome guests today. We've had Sophia before in the first season. Um, you know, she's great. So we love having her back. Sophia, can you tell us a little bit about what you're currently doing? Hi, um, well, I work at PRISM here with the rest of the wonderful co-hosts. Um, I currently am working doing prep. I don't know, that's basically me. That's it. Awesome. awesome. And our second guest is Jen. I'm I'm going to try not to say your last name because I'm probably going to mess it up. <laughs> Absolutely. My name is Jan and my last name is Langbein. Langbein. And I'm the CEO of Genesis Women's Shelter and Support here in Dallas. Thank you so much for being with us here today. We're so glad to have you. Oh, I'm excited about being here today. I think this is going to be fun. Yes, definitely. So the topic, as you can see in our episode name, we're going to be talking about something that's not talked about enough, and that is femicides. So I think when we were first thinking about doing this episode, it was around March, and March is International Women's Day. I think something that's really interesting about March is this new conversation that's happening about why we don't really congratulate women for Women's Day. I mean, this is, of course, a celebration, um, celebration of the accomplishments that we've been able to do so far, but also it's a reminder. It's a reminder that although we've had a couple of accomplishments, there's still not equality there. So so it's really important. Why, why it grabbed my attention was because I, I found myself telling all these men in my life that were congratulating me. We're like, oh, happy Women's Day. Feliz Dia de la Mujer. I'm like, this is not happy day. This is a commemoration. So can one of you all tell me a little bit about why we tell that to men in our lives? I would say personally, um, from my perspective, it is just like you said, it's a, it's a celebration. I would say like from a woman to woman standpoint, from a sisterhood standpoint, it's definitely a celebration of each other and what we've been able to accomplish and what we've been able to overcome together um, with like the different intersections of womanhood. But the reason why it's not it's not as happy or it's not a congratulation is just like you said, because we have so far to go, especially when, you know, usually concurrently to International Women's Day and Women's Month, things are still happening to women. Women are still having to face systemic barriers and, and patriarchal violence or misogynistic violence while all this is going on so it's like on the one hand we're happy because we are moving forward history will tell us that that we are moving in a good direction however the present is still very reminiscent of the past and you know in the in the things that women and people who identify as women and femme people have to deal with yeah definitely and something very important that you mentioned is violence against women Mm -hmm. i mean the reason why this is not a celebration in the first place is because it's outrageous I mean, as I said in the beginning, we don't really hear that many news about like violence against women in this country. But you you don't you don't have to go that far across the border. Every single day in Mexico, there is an article about a woman being like murdered or or they are um, assaulted in any way or kidnapped or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what's the most painful for to see when people are are just thinking that, oh, you're a woman, you give birth. I feel like that's also another connotation that um, for International Women's Day, it's like, oh, you 
you, I celebrate you because you're my mom or I celebrate mm -hmm. you because you're my sister. I celebrate you because you're this important aspect of my life. But in reality, we're, we're losing a little bit of what the actual connotation for the day is. It's more of a celebration of the duty that comes with being a woman or what, what women do because of our roles in society, what we do for other people. And yeah, I, I definitely agree. Even in the context of, um, of interpartner violence, if we were to bring it to person-to-person mm -hmm. -person relationships in our own backyards, you know, that is, that is definitely um, something that has not died down over since the pandemic. You know, there's been a, actually statistically a, a, a higher rise in, uh, in intimate partner violence and that usually statistically faces women more than it does anyone else so you don't even have to look outside of your own city your own state your own community to see what issues may be facing women and how you can try to think about that in your own mind and see well how am I perpetuating this or what ideas or what opinions do I have that reinforce this or that make me not an ally you know Anna I heard you say uh, we don't talk about this much and but you just go across the border into Mexico the numbers here in the United States mm -hmm. are startling yes. it's one out of every three women you pass one out of every three in the grocery store in your workplace mm -hmm. uh, in your neighborhood will know domestic violence on an ongoing basis the original question was why aren't we talking about femicides. Well, I think we need to talk long before we get to femicide about violence in our own homes. As women, we are actually in nine times greater danger than uh, in our homes than we are mm -hmm. out on the streets. And so it is extremely prevalent. We have talked about, a, you know, for the last year, a pandemic that, that has uh, hit the entire world and we've kind of taken inventory of our own lives. But uh, there's another pandemic. Uh, the virus did not affect one out of every three houses. The mm -hmm. virus did not, you know, kill people in their own homes. I mean, they're, you know, as tragic as, as it has been for the last year. This is something that is absolutely ongoing. Uh, women are killed in Dallas, in Dallas County. I actually chair the Fatality Review Committee for Dallas County, and we honor every woman's life by reviewing her death. And mm. uh, we, we, but we even have to roll the clock even back farther than that. And how did we get there? How is it, are we in a, are we in a society that will tolerate that, mm -hmm. that we don't stand up and you know I'm past the celebration of Women's Day I'm just mm -hmm. like you know stop beating us um, we have exactly. a terrible right <laughs> just stop beating us um, we have a terrible problem in in this country with firearms uh, firearms is the leading choice of weapon for femicide uh, in Dallas County and throughout the United States. Um, but here we are in a state that, um, you know, just passed a yep. open carry law. So this means that somebody who was not allowed a gun a firearm because of being subject to a protective order or convicted of a previous crime can just go get one anyway. They, when I was talking to some of the legislators, they were saying, but the penalty is going to be much worse. And I said, but see, she's already dead, dead. on the floor. Um, and so we seem to take a step forward and a couple of steps back. But uh, I, I hear the cry. I really do. I hear a country that says no more. I hear men that stands up, stand up as allies and say no more and hashtag this is offensive. Not my daughter, not my mom, not my sister, not my coworker. At Genesis Women Children Support, we ever actually have an auxiliary of about 250, 300 men who say, not only will I not perpetrate violence in 
my own home. It's not okay with me if it is perpetrated in your home. And that's when it's going to stop. When men stand up and say, um, it's offensive. I don't do a business deal with you. I don't play golf mm-hmm. with you because I don't, I'm and not I don't in like the joke. With you. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, what? I'm not in community with you. I am not in community abuser. with you. You say, she does say things better, doesn't she? <laughs> she does. She does. I am not in community with you. And so these men come down once a week. We do background checks on everybody, mm-hmm. of course, but um, they come down once a week and they serve a meal to women who have never had a meal served to them by a man. Mm-hmm. They cook it, they serve it, they shoot baskets with these little kiddos who have never never seen a gentle man. And mm-hmm. it's so interesting to watch when these children who have been raised in a violent home look at you and, and they're sizing it up. Are you here to help me or are you here to hurt me? And so it's, it's pretty amazing. I guess I know there's some kind of saying that says to a carpenter, every uh, everything looks like a hammer. And so when I hear you say we're not talking about it, we are talking about it. There's I don't talk about anything else. And I know there are people in my my field of whatever, my mm-hmm. friends who just see me coming and they're like, oh crap, here she goes again. You know, it's uh, but that's what we have to do. And we have to be able not just to talk about it, but help create a society, a, a societal paradigm shift that um, literally has zero tolerance for violence against women and children. There are no excuses. And I don't mm-hmm. think I don't just think marching on it. I mean, I did that in the 70s. You know, we burned our lingerie, we tied ourselves to whatever, and it's enough. Now it's it, it's time to stand up and say, if you see something, say something. If you hear somebody next door, call the police. Mm-hmm. If you are suspicious of something, get help. If you or someone you know needs help, there is a 24-hour hotline, uh, 214-946-HELP, that is answered at Genesis Women's Shelter and Support 24 hours a day. It's also a text line for some Someone who, uh, and and certainly during the pandemic that mm-hmm. we were talking about a minute ago, um, it may not be safe for her to make a call. Oh, so yes. because he's in the other room, well now she can text that number and you know get help that way as well. So we're trying to just outstep the abuse, but it, it's it can't just be she needs to get out. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I saw some headlines and I love to refer back to them, but it was like the first day that it happened. It said John beat Mary because dinner was late. And then the next day it said Mary was beaten because dinner was late. And then it was Mary was beaten. And then the last day it was Mary is a battered woman. So she is identified by something that happened to her. Mm -hmm. And where is John in all of this? Why aren't we saying John beat Mary? Doesn't matter why. Uh, John is a beater. Mm -hmm. Don't anybody tolerate him. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Yes. So anyway, anyway, I don't know what the question was, but see, this is what I do. I go down a big old... I actually like that you made reference to the way that news work, because we do hear about women's violence here in the U.S., but the way news work in here, there's some other things that are even worse than that, and it's really sad to say that. But, I mean, as you just mentioned, that that bill that was just passed, like, people can just carry guns without anyone telling them anything. So the fact that that is, people are able to do that, it's really putting 
women's um, more women will die because yeah. of it. Yes. And it was a very it was a very partisan issue, and, and it came in at the eleventh hour of the legislative session. A special committee was formed to hear, hear it, and it only heard that bill. And I mean, I, I guess so. When there is a legislative session, are we watching? Are we letting our votes and our voices be heard? Mm -hmm. That's another thing we had to fight for: is women having the right to vote. So I don't miss an election. I don't miss a chance to call my elected officials and say, "What are you thinking?" Right. When you do that, do you understand what you know? The, the material that consequences. The, uh, yes, will be, yes, will be yes, women yes. dying and yep. women being more harshly punished for defending themselves with Correct. guns as well. Mm -hmm. Correct. I think Correct. it's so easy. Just like you say, a lot of people say, "Oh, she needs to get out." The one thing that I'm so sick of hearing is, "Women need guns. Women need weapons." That doesn't help okay, us. Okay, the it presence the of a gun in the out. home ratchets up the lethality factor by 500%. Yes. You don't think he can grab it out of her hands and shoot her? I mean, it is really... And, or her children. And so, exactly. And so um, somebody asked me, I was doing a press thing, and somebody asked me, uh, oh, you're, what do I tell people who say you're just trying to take their guns away? And I said, it's very easy. Don't beat your wife. I tell them I am. Have a gun. <laughs> I would yeah, like oh, that. You are I, yes, I would like yeah, the guns yeah, yeah. away. Well, you're not from Texas, right? Nope. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> no, yeah, that's why I haven't commented, because I, I grew up in Germany, and it's, it's very interesting because, like... When you said that we, we're not talking about it, is in, to me, I see it everywhere. I mm -hmm. see it all the time because, like, every time I get an Amber Alert or every time, like, anything like that happens, mm -hmm. it's like I, I am not desensitized, like, at mm -hmm. all. And I feel like a lot of Americans are super, super desensitized to, oh, yeah, so, you know, my neighbor down the street was shot. And, and then they, like, incident. have a whole conversation about something else. And I'm still stuck on the... Uh, she was shot. Yeah. Like, can we have a conversation about that? So I think I think part of it is within the culture, mm -hmm. and I think part of it is we don't take any like men are. There's no accountability. Like even when you were talking about it, like I think okay, so where's where's the accountability with the men? Where's where is that? Because it doesn't exist, and it's everywhere. It's even in like you know I was at a family gathering, <laughs> and I was watching all the women ask the men, oh, oh you know what do you want for what do you want on your plate? And I'm just sitting here watching all the women, like, sub very subserviently, like, go up mm -hmm. and make their men a plate. And then, and they still didn't sit down and eat after they gave their men a plate. They just stood there and waited until they needed something. And this is family I know. These are, this is not some, like, you know, very, this is not Mexico. This isn't a country that is, like, in extreme poverty or anything. This is, like, literally in our homes. And so I think, like, in order for us to fight that violence, we have to also fight those little transgressions, those little microaggressions mm -hmm. first because they add up. Those, and it starts like, very early. It starts yes, very young. Children. When my daughters were young, and of course, we everything we've done in my house are we're the safety girls and we don't have guns in our house. And, you know, even one when I, I asked my granddaughter, what do you want to be for Halloween? And she said... You know, they change their minds all the time. And so I, she finally said, well, I want to be Rapunzel. And I'm like, ooh, let's talk about that. Because, you know, <laughs> a man puts a woman in a tower. She has to roll down her hair. She come, you know, only when mm -hmm, he, you know. Mm -hmm. And they're, they're like, Nani, I know, I know, we're the safety girls. But I was driving down Central Expressway one time with my daughters in the car in the back seat. They were young at that time. And we passed this billboard of uh, two women, two very large-chested women who were in bathing suit tops 
person, um, they were sort of unbuttoning. It was a beer ad. It just mm. said the title of the beer. It didn't say it tastes good, less calories, anything. Just the name of the beer. Anyway, they're undoing their their uh, bikini tops and they're touching their boobs together like we all want to do that. I don't know who thought that up. <laughs> Especially but. with a beer, with a nice, refreshing oh, yeah. beer after <laughs> a long day. Or is it like if you'll drink this beer, you get to see four boobs at once instead of two? I don't know. I don't know the, the marketing, but clearly the misogyny it works. Is key. But the girls hadn't spoken to me because they were teenagers and they hadn't spoken to me in quite a while. But I'm looking at that sign and I'm thinking, boy, that just makes me in there like we know, we know. It's, you know, misogynistic. It objectifies women. And I'm like, yes, my work here is done, right? <laughs> I told my daughters when they were very young, uh, you don't have to go get a man's plate. You need to be able to change your own tire or know how to call AAA. Mm-hmm. You don't have to physically change a tire. I'd li- I like to delegate those kinds of things. <laughs> but um, I've raised two strong women. And and then their daughters realize at Halloween that we are the safety girls. So I think it has to start long, as, so- as soon as we can because all the other messages are, you know, if you look at the advertisement, the objectification, even women of color in pornography. I mean, if you just step yes. back and look at the impact of particularly women of color and the degradation mm-hmm. in, in these music videos and so on, it matters. People look at me and say, well, you're just an old prude. Um, which I, I probably am, I don't know, but um, it, uh, it matters. The jokes matter. The attitude matters. The laws matter. Um, you, you were talking, I think, about how we, we don't hear about this un- until it somehow becomes personal. Mm-hmm. And now that may be I went to church and I heard it and it became personal to mm-hmm. me. Or I went to the hospital and I saw a sticker or I or, or a nurse finally asked me, are you safe in your home? Or a mm-hmm. physician finally asked me. It became personal. Uh, someone in my family uh, was beaten and it became personal. I would love for us as a society not to wait until then. Absolutely. Oh, so I'm out at the airport one time and I'm I'm always there just by the seat of my pants. And I was watching the couples, uh, people at the gate, and there was a man there who was um, just hammering his wife, just get over here and get that luggage over here. Give me your IDs. And I'm like, oh, come on. What is the matter with you? And I kept thinking, I hope she goes in the restroom because I'm going to come up right behind her, a business card. Here's the National Domestic Violence Hotline. And so, you know, I'm just like that. Well, she did. Mm-hmm. And I um, I handed it to her and she gave me this look like, why are you telling me this? You know, and I said, mm-hmm. I, I'm just, if you ever need help, this is answered 24 hours a day. Anyway, I went on out of the restroom and um, I saw her. She came out, she showed her husband and kind of pointed over at me, and I'm just like, bring it. I'm just like, bring it. I'm not afraid of you because you're a bully and a coward, Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. and you don't hurt people that see you that way, if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. So I think we could all stand up and take a business card into a restroom. We could all stand up. I had this great meeting today with a guy named Kevin Lillis, and he owns a lot of those restaurants down um, at that AT&T. The new space downtown? Yes, 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 yes. So, uh, And he has started the Hospitality Coalition Against Domestic Violence. And in the restrooms, there are stickers in the stalls that say, if you need a way out of here, here's the code. If you need no questions asked, um, you know, come to the come to the bar and we'll get you out the back door. Um, here's the text line for Genesis Women's Shelter. You can, I mean, that's when we will turn this around. But I wonder, what about those that don't realize 
what they're going through is unsafe or what they're going through. Like if you grew up in a way that was already unsafe, then you're dating someone that's unsafe. Mm -hmm. How do you know what's happening? Because I've talked to women, even as like a birth coach, which is another thing that I do. I talk to them and like, I've talked to them about like their relationships and stuff Mm -hmm. has come up, come up. And I've had people that were being abused and they didn't realize what was happening to them was unsafe or right. not okay yeah. or not right. the norm. I think they had just gotten so used to this is what happens it to me. It is the norm. It is yeah. that, you know, okay, well, that, yes. you know, this is just, I'm stuck. This is yeah. what's happening. I'm yeah, done. Yeah, I want to write, uh, there's several books I want to write, but one is you don't know you're in it when you're in it. Mm-hmm. And so we have to be friends to people and mm-hmm. we have to say, I'm scared for you. Um, the other, you know, when you were talking about it's the norm for you, let's say, did, did you, you said you were from Germany. Did you yes. grow up speaking German? I did. Okay, so if, or, or say here in Texas, if I grew up speaking Spanish and Uncle Tio speaks Spanish and Aunt Tia speaks Spanish and TV is, you know, Spanish speaking, mm-hmm. I don't know there's English out there. I don't know there is another mm-hmm. language to speak. Mm-hmm. And if you're raised with the language of abuse, you don't yes. know until someone else shows you the way. And that's mm-hmm. why the responsibility on all of us is even more important. Absolutely. That we can show a little child, that we can come down and flip hamburgers and, and shoot baskets with a little boy who had no idea that there were gentlemen and men in this world. We can talk to somebody that we babysit or, you know, I mean, there's so many opportunities. And that's how it will change. It's not going to change me taking a placard down Pennsylvania mm-hmm. Avenue. It just won't. They'll be mm-hmm. like, oh, well, there goes Jan again, you know. Yeah, you know, you actually are mentioning something that is really prevalent in, I think, all of the episodes that we do in here, and that's having access to the information. That's what I was Information say. is key always, but the thing that I want to tie that with is culture, too, that mm-hmm. Sophia mentioned. The fact that the struggle is different in different countries and why I was making reference to it being more prevalent in the news, it's because the culture over, like in Latin America, I'm, I'm originally from Nicaragua, mm-hmm. so the fact that the culture here is to have hope in the right that people have, it's super different than in Latin America. Over there, it's, it's, it's really sad because there's no hope. Like when you think about the rights that you have mm-hmm. as minorities, over here, you, you, you were mentioning too that you, you were able, you had the ability to talk to your daughters, to talk to your granddaughters, to talk to people in your own family. You even have that, that ability to do that because there's education. Mm-hmm. You were able to learn from this. There's access to internet. There's mm-hmm. access to all of this. this. There's this culture of having a community. Mm-hmm. You have access to going to church with people who look like you, who people who understand your struggle. But then over there, you feel alone. Like once you're in this circle of violence, there's nothing you can do. I mean, there's not an escape because culturally, as Sophia was saying, we've been growing up with this being the normal. And and I mean, and, and like you mentioned at the airport, this person was probably like, why is this lady giving this to me? Mm-hmm. What makes her think that she can give me this information? Like, how is this how, how has this become the normal? Mm. In my instance, like for that person in the airport, for her instance, it's like, this is not normal to me. Like, look, look what she just gave me. Is this is this something that we're showing to? Maybe for that couple that was just shoving, shoving each other and, and talking like that, that was their normal. Mm-hmm. Because, well, yes, no, I, yeah. I see what and you're saying. But again, back yeah. to hope. 
I hope she remembers somebody who noticed that he embarrassed her, who, yes. no, who cared enough to say, if you need anything, here's a number to call. That's my hope. Yes. It wasn't going to do anything that day. Yeah. But, you know, maybe she kept that card. And maybe, that was a great opportunity, yeah, actually. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I've done because that in restaurants. You, and, yeah, until you, like, go into... Yeah you put yourself in those situations is when change happens. Right. Because that's when you have the opportunity to have information. But I also um, want to go back to, uh, you know, this has only been happening in the United States, this this effort, even a little bit for the last 35, 40 years. Yes. And um, when I'm married, and I've been married a long time, I couldn't have a checking account that my husband mm-hmm. didn't sign. I could the day before I could have a credit card. Yeah. But again, now I've been married a long time. But the day after I married, he had to co-sign with me. Um, in my married lifetime, there was no such thing as marital rape. Mm-hmm. And, you know, over the years, we just, nobody did it for us. You talk about celebrating International Day of the Woman. Nobody did it for us. We have to just take it and do it, and it's not handed to us. And so we just, we fight harder, and we never miss a chance to, again, to vote or let our voices and our, and our money be heard. You know, in, when we have that financial independence, too, uh, that can make a huge difference. I, don't I agree. Oh, Go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I'm just, I, I keep thinking about places like my, my father's from Honduras and I have a lot of family there. And I think about like the abuse that happens there to women is so normalized. Like you can practically beat your wife in front in the street and nothing will happen. No one, like it's, it's so ingrained within the culture. So like bringing it back to what Anna was saying, like I'm thinking about instances like that where it's ingrained. There is no, there aren't systems set in, like, because even though, yes, the United States has a lot of violence, there's a lot of privilege and there's a lot of resources. Mm -hmm. But I keep thinking about situations like that or in, like, I think about, like, subcultures within the United States, like black communities or, you know, really poor communities within the United States. How do you... How do you get out if you're if you're in it like that? And I think what what it kind of has to come back to, like Jan has mentioned, is a societal shift of divorcing violence from the concept of manhood. Ultimately, the onus has to be on men to stop beating yes. women. It can't because women dying is not enough. Mm-hmm. You know, women being sad and women being hurt isn't enough to make anyone want to do anything. Just like you said, no one did anything for us. It had to be us doing it for ourselves. But in order to create a lasting difference in stopping a human behavior, it would have to be adapting and adopting a new human behavior. Mm-hmm. And that and that starts just like you said with children. That starts from young and teaching children what violence is and what violence should not be. What, vi- what violence looks like, even verbally in the airport. That was violent. That woman didn't know that what she was experiencing was, was violence mm-hmm. in that moment because we don't define it that way. We mm-hmm. call it arguments between lovers and, oh, he's just pushing you because he likes you and he's just being mean to you because he has a crush on you. Oh. And those are the things that we have mm-hmm. to nip in the bud right at the very beginning so that people know that boys and girls and, and anyone else that violence to my person verbally, physically is not okay and it is not then okay for me to enact that violence on anyone else mm-hmm. and it has to start at that level I think for it to make a difference because you just like you said all these people in this culture they breathe this air of that mm-hmm. and I think in America especially we're a very aggressive violent culture oh, and yes. we breathe that air with each other yes. so two people fighting in the street 
you know, you may walk by them and it may not even be a relationship situation, but you're probably going to look and you're going to keep on walking because that's what we're told to do when we see people, you know, because I don't want to get involved in that. That's their business. That's their personal thing. And we have to take ourselves, I think, out of that selfish mindset and be more communal in our thoughts that way. But I'm wondering why do we, like, why do we say that? Why do we say like, no, I don't want to give in, get involved? Because I think about people that don't want to get involved. What if they are mm. undocumented and they can't get involved? You know, I always think about yeah. all these. So I think there has to be some form of intersectionality. There has to be like, in order to deal with this, there has to be conversations about all the other things that are intertwined with that. I don't know. But that's yeah, just they, and, and unfortunately, no good deed goes unpunished. That is very true. That's There's lots of reasons why people do not, quote unquote, step in when they see this with strangers mm-hmm. or, you know, because uh, let's just be real. A lot of people, um, and, and I, I hear this a lot with women when women talk about, you know, um, when we have girl talk about abusive relationships. Oh, well, I tried to help my friend and her boyfriend just got mad at me and he's he's threatening me. And, he's, and that's a real thing. Yeah, is. That is 1000% a real thing. And that's where I completely understand it's like you're stuck between a rock and a hard place because what can you really do besides the extreme? Like, yeah, you could hurt that person back and then go to jail or you could, you know, and I think me personally, I think it has to do with finding communal strength That's and just like you say, said, community. being able mm-hmm. to be that person that says I, you're a bully, but you're not going to bully me. And I have a support system that will not allow that. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and you don't give up. You don't give yes. up on that friend who is in a, in a place that she mm-hmm. just can't seem to swim out of. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to give up on you. I'm going to be here when you need me. And here's a number to call. Yep. You know, a lot of people think they don't want to help that stranger in the ditch by the side of the road because um, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. I'm mm-hmm. not equipped. Um, and the truth of the matter is you don't have to fix it. All you have to know to do is say, hey, here's a card. Here's mm-hmm. a number. Call them. They're there 24 hours a day and they are the experts on getting you the support that you need. They will walk beside you. I don't go in and say, you've got to get a divorce. I'm thinking it, but (laughs) you got to get a divorce or you have to... Divorce could make it worse. Yes. She doesn't see her children anymore. She can't afford an attorney. I mean, it just goes on and on. But there are people who will walk beside her Mm. in what... what she chooses as the safest thing for her. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I do feel like we could all do a better job of, um, you know, letting again letting our voices and our and our votes be heard. Um, we you mentioned somebody mentioned the intersection, the intertwining. I think mm-hmm. is the word you use. Let's look at the crimes that are are the most significant across the United States. Let's look at mass shootings. Okay. Mass shootings. Um, if you look at whether it's Pulse nightclub or Sutherland Springs, Texas, was the biggest uh, mass killing that we had, and it was because the man had gone there to kill his mother, his mother-in-law, and his wife mm-hmm. on a Sunday morning, and they were not there, and so he killed. I think it was 27 people. Mm-hmm. If you look at how, how many times mass murderers have a history of domestic violence. They're not just violence yes, in the indeed. home. Violent in the home, it spills over into the street. That's All right, right, let's look at human trafficking. 98% of women and girls who are prostituted grew up in a violent home. Mm-hmm. How could a 13-year-old think walking Harry Hines is better than being in my own house? Well, it is. it could be safer mm-hmm. if you have somebody that says, oh, I'll protect you, I'll protect you. Uh, 99% of those who prostitute someone else grew up in a violent home. They have zero empathy. They have zero uh, care for another human being. And so they can sell women and girls and boys like commodities. And now, that was a learned behavior for exactly, them. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And you got away with it. And here's a lot of money. And look how cool you are. But I, So then you go to... Abuse perpetuating abuse. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But you don't hold 
the person being prostituted as the criminal. Who right. buys a child? Who buys, you know, mm-hmm. just some piece of garbage on his way home from the law firm? I mean, which it, comes down to laws. It comes down to like who gets prosecuted. Which I know in Texas, it, that's not always how that works. Right. It ends up being sex workers who get prosecuted, that is and correct. not actually mm-hmm. the people that are buying it or the people that are selling, selling these yeah, people. Yeah, yep. 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 Yeah. You guys are talking and I'm I'm just feeling this like overwhelming sense of like hopelessness that I kind of always feel and it's like it's in this like subspace of like my consciousness and hearing Jan talk about like giving the card to the woman my heart tells me no no walk right up to that couple and be like does everybody see this? <laughs> This and then that further okay. embarrasses the woman is unfortunately and then how she that has to go home. She, yeah. And that's the thing is like, but I am constantly thinking because I grew up in a household where my mom was like, let's try this one out. Let's try this dude out. Let's try this dude out. Let's try this dude out. And it was just a rotating like door of like, who can we fill this hole with? Mm-hmm. And not all of them were good people. I remember being put inside a trash can because I peed in the bed and being called P-boy and like, here you go, this is where you belong. And that's like, I'm, I'm very like, I relate to that whole, let's, you know, find a gentleman. And I didn't find that until I watched Too Long Fu and watched a drag queen beat up a wife beater. Oh, such um, a great scene. God, it's iconic. Uh, have you seen it? Such a what great scene. Too Wong Fu. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. When Vita Boan comes in mm-hmm. and she goes, I gather you like hitting women. And he goes, some women need to be hit. And she goes, well, conversely, some men need to be hit back. And that drag queen kicks his ass and takes him out of town. But that's a movie. Right. right. Men just don't disappear. Right. And no, so I'm thinking, right. if you were to say something or get involved, this goes back to, it's none of my business. It's, it's we've been conditioned with this some of it is we just don't care so it's none of our business and some mm-hmm. of us is it's none of our business because if I get involved I could make this worse because I have to go back to my own life after I get involved with this altercation and he could punish her later uh, for this and 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 then on top of it you know she could have chewed you out in the bathroom and been like who the hell are you you don't know my life da, 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 da. going back to what Sophia says of not knowing that this is toxic and it's just like that you know paired up with like how long it takes for laws to get made and for children to be educated I'm just overwhelmed with like how do you even do anything to create any real realistic value in a situation where just a whole chunk of our population is in power it is it absolutely and is but you know what I am the I am the most I, even after doing this for 30 years I'm excited every day to go to work because we have a new way this text line that that where women can call in more safely we have a new children's program where we're doing visitation camp before they go to a court ordered visit with dad and I, it's that one starfish at a time mm-hmm. story. Mm-hmm. Um, I met with a man the other day. He's a, a New York Times best-selling illustrator, um, very sort of superhero kind of thing. And he came to see me. He told me when he was eight years old, he had been at Genesis, and we had given him an art kit on Friday Toy Day, and that's how he began drawing. But he, at the as he was leaving the office, he gives me this big bear hug, and he said, you helped an eight-year-old boy, and he turned into a good man. And you know what? That's a good day at the office for me. I don't know if you all have a good day at the office, but that's a good day at the office for me. And we do it again and again and again. So, you know, we've helped thousands, and we also are training police officers and law enforcement. We're also talking with hospitals and in churches, and we have auxiliaries of men. And it just, I wake up every day thinking, okay, what about deaf women? Or what about women my age? You know, where is she going to go if he's never allowed her to work? She's not going to a Mm -hmm. nursing home. 
home and she can't get a job. If I didn't have mine, I don't know where I would go. That's a really good point, actually. I never once considered that about the place of of people would say older women in yes. that when you've existed in this situation for so long and now you're in this new world where mm-hmm. women are supposed to be like we have written out here about a hashtag girl boss. What about the women who were not a part of that They generation? have no idea. They have no idea. Mm-hmm. This woman, um, she was maybe five years on me. Call, her doctor called and said, you know, I have this patient and she he beat her with his cane, basically. Mm-hmm. And so I said, well, you know, send her on. This is what we do. And I remember she came into the shelter and I was talking to her and he started calling on that cell phone mm-hmm. and she was just panicking, panicking. And I started talking to her about her sweater and did you did you knit that? She goes, yeah, I like to knit. He starts calling, he starts calling. And finally he stopped and I said to her, you know what, we need to talk about tomorrow. I said, do you, uh, how is your bank situation? Well, we mm-hmm. have a joint account. And I said, I want you to go tomorrow and get some money out of that. And she said, oh, no, no, I I, I wouldn't want to leave him without money. What, what can I put on your plate for you, right? Take, still taking yeah, care yeah, of him. That's protecting and, your abuser, right? yeah. And I said, okay, don't don't take it all, but take half. And when she came back from the bank, she was just crying. She said, he's already closed it out. And it was just, you know, bless her heart. But what is she going to do? The stay at the shelter is eight weeks. And so it turns out she went to live with an, uh, one of her adult sons in another city. And she's free. She's free. Mm-hmm. Even if it's for 10 years of your life, you know, thank God almighty, I'm free at last, right? I think the, the thing that's standing out in my mind is the word interruption. It's an interruption to that pattern. That's what yes. has to happen. An yes. interruption to the to the normalizing of violence that we see, or even people talking to people crazy in their relationships. If you're seeing, you know, people arguing nasty and they're not using their hands or children, mm-hmm. you know, fighting with each other in that way. And it's like, you see how these things starts and you have to interrupt that That's right, right. Then. And mm-hmm. a, And somebody who has more authority than she does is often the best interrupter. So that can be a boss, mm-hmm. that can be a preacher, that can be a judge, you know, Somebody has mm-hmm. said this behavior is unacceptable. Your yes. golf buddy, somebody, somebody there has else to be validating that. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in the way that it happens, unfortunately, in the real world, the way that that happens is usually a man telling another man that this is not okay for him to be doing because I, as a man, am judging you on your manhood now yeah. because of the behavior that you have. And I hate that we have to take it there and you have to use that language with people, but that's unfortunately what works because that's where we are as a society. Like we are modern. We're in 2021. We have Women's Day and girl bosses and we can vote. But this is a patriarchal society. Yep. You know, and how smart are we to be able to use that? Talent, okay. Right. <laughs> like okay. we always have. Yeah. I was going to say that women yeah. have always talked to each other uh-huh. about this thing. Historically, women have always used our strength in numbers to survive whatever it is that we are faced with. And I do think that that is uh, another instance of that, of us figuring out, OK, well, this is what works. So this is what I have to to do. And and so what that looks like in the real world is raising sons who protect their sisters, raising fathers who protect their daughters and, you know, and and raising husbands who who don't hit their wives. Right, right. I would love for us to get past that and just be like people protecting people. People protecting people. I would love for us to get to that point where it doesn't, you don't have to be a sister, a cousin, you don't have to be related to me to protect you. Like this woman has value because she's a person. going through something and I am as a person going to help you. Like I wish we could, I, I cannot yeah. wait until we're I at see that, that light. I really do. And if I didn't, I'd be smacking my head on this table, you know? I, <laughs> I feel that happening yeah. as well. I really do uh, in terms of like where we are going as a society, especially with the young people, with generations.
Generation Alpha. And, you know, and the kids, um, I think that this, that is a very normal thing. Like, we're having those conversations around what harm is and what violence is right. physically is and true. not, and, and people not accepting that in whatever space they are and in. And more men are getting involved in in ending violence. Yes. And, you know, we've, we've really, um, I don't know, really come down hard on the guys today, but there are men who are beaten. There are men who are beaten yes. by same-gender partners, by uh, women partners, and the dynamics are the same. The mm-hmm. cycle is the same, but they're, you know, definitely, you know, I don't want, I don't want for listeners to assume that there are not men who are assaulted because there are. Yes. Now the numbers are much, usually much greater. Uh, the, um, I think it's like, you know, 93% of the time the woman is the victim and the severity is usually greater when the woman is the victim. Now that could be because no guys, not very many of the men who Come are being forward. battered are coming forward. Lord Talk about again, been challenging my manhood, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Well, if men were able to actually talk about their feelings and if we cater to that as parents, like I feel like boys aren't allowed to feel anything or say anything yeah. or yes. talk or like there's, and, and I can only imagine if I can't feel sad or cry or have any kind of quote unquote feminine emotion, I would just be angry all the time and I wouldn't know what to do with it. I'm not excusing behavior by any means at all. But that's how it happens. But that's like I think about happens. like as human beings, if we can't develop and be our full selves, then what are we doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. People don't just pull abuse out of thin, thin air. air. You know, no, no, it's one... taught to us. Right. Absolutely. But you're sure, not. the good news, though, is it can be unlearned. Yes. yes. That's, yes. that's the promise I see. If it's a learned behavior, mm-hmm. if it's a choice, mm-hmm. um, you can choose if something it is all else. about power and control, we can unlearn it, we can unchoose to do it, and we can change change our For goals sure. and our missions. When you're an mm-hmm. adult, it's up to you. You make the choice. Right. When you're a child, you, you get that pass, but mm-hmm. when you're an adult, it's, it's all on you. <laughs> but, you know, I like that we're talking about men making change, because that is a reality. I mean, a lot of this agencies, like you were saying, do have groups that are focusing on helping men get this information. But now while we talk about information, there is a need to also share this information with women in general. I mean, a lot of times it is really difficult for women to go past that restrictiveness we have with some men because we think they're all the same. They're all aggressive. They're all going to harm us. They're all going to do this and that. And for me, I think it's important that that information, that this are the steps that are being taken into the men that are already helping the cause is out there. Like you were saying, you do background checks, you give them the information, you do this and that. That is important for everyone else to know as well. Because And, and why I'm bringing this up is because I I've heard from some movements, and and I'm not saying it's wrong, I mean, it's part of how they're protecting themselves, but how they don't allow some men to join the marches. Mm -hmm. And and I I mean, to me, it's it's a little struggle to understand why you wouldn't want in this current society. I mean, in the future, yes, we can create groups where it's just ourselves because we want to feel comfortable in ourselves. We we have this dynamic and we want to share things that maybe they won't understand. But for right now, how this society is structured and the power that some men have that is important like y'all were just saying now it's important for us to take advantage of that because those are the ones that are going to be able to make the change first and we have to grab from that and then take it into yeah, our own harness that energy yeah, harness, I think- ha- harness that power and that uh, drive I would I would well we have we've included men in the solution mm-hmm. uh, one of the other things that our heroes do which stands for he respects others they go down to the court at, at Crowley um Frank Crowley Courthouse, and they go into protective order courtrooms and sit behind the victim. Mm-hmm. They don't know her. These are businessmen with suit and ties, and they, they she doesn't know them. And, of course, the abuser has come in with the pastor and the pastor's wife and all the, mm-hmm. you know, all the 
posse that comes along with him. And she was all alone, and she turns around and sees these men who just cared because it was the right thing to do for another human being. And it is so powerful. The judge doesn't doze off. We're getting protective orders that we would not have gotten before. So we have harnessed that energy. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, that in and of itself is it's great but that it's is infuriating like and and that's why to me personally I am of the mind I'm I am for for certain spaces being women only or being victims only or whatever they are because there's a centering that goes on with men when it comes to these conversations about how they feel about this and what what they can do and of course it's it, that is a big part of it but it just feels like a lot of things are never centered on who they're actually happening to mm-hmm. and more so in the community that you know how do I want to say this like men are great <laughs> but it's like if if the men are the ones that are doing the thing they need to sit back and they need to listen and they need to let us mm-hmm. lead this because we are the experts of our experience. Exactly. Course, and yeah. that's how I feel about but, that. And sometimes. there are not, places, not there, there, there is a place in time where I think it is needed for women to have their own mm-hmm. community. But I'm saying like in this big marches, in this big calls to change, it is important it that we have that backup yeah. in this society right now. Of course, I, I, I'm a big believer that if there are people that will feel uncomfortable just because men are there, mm-hmm. don't have them. I mean, that that is just going to do more harm than good. Mm-hmm. If that is the case, if this is a circle where people, women are getting support and that is the main cause of the rally, then of course, just have people that are going to make them feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. But the, if this is a call for change and you're going to go in front of government or you're going in front of like agencies or funding or stuff like that, then you kind of need to get as much people in your team. It's like other um, other marches or other causes. Like, um, like, like if it includes everyone, it requires everyone. Exactly. And I like get if that. You're, if you're getting like for migration services or for Black Lives Matter, you're not just going to have one particular type of people in that mm-hmm. march. You want to have as many people as you can and not discriminate against anyone at all because that's just going to add up to the cost that you're already fighting for. I feel like I'm I'm seeing a parallel here between like like the the flip sides of the coin here like with uh like police at pride mm-hmm. yeah that's a situation yes. where you yes. don't yes. want exactly. the abuser mm-hmm. you don't want them yeah you know exactly. there's there's times like where police can have their own little meetings and, and try to be better humans um but not at pride <laughs> and it's, it's not like oh we hate you we don't want you but it's just like historically if what we're talking about is a thing that happened because the police were doing what the thing that do, they were doing. What they did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll say that. And now they're here. It's like, okay, so what exactly is this saying? What are we reinforcing? Who are we really centering? Yeah. That's always my question is who and what are we centering? And a lot of times in these conversations, and this, this is a result of how the media works and, and things being patriarchal and misogynistic, it's always about, okay, so this woman was abused by that man. How does that man feel about how he abused that woman? Yep. How does everyone feel about how this man feels about, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's just my and I, I know it's a little harsh on my part, but my thought is always like we don't care. I don't care. I don't. <laughs> like I don't. I'm not actually concerned with your rehabilitation. And I and it, this is because I have a carceral mindset. Doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. Right. But I don't care. Yeah. Exactly. I'm not concerned with you feeling bad. I'm concerned with you being punished. That's all that I want. And there know? are people that can support him in that way in by himself. I don't know who they are. I don't, I don't know, care. but I don't care. <laughs> but it, it's like when when but, people do. Yeah. It's 
it's like men getting an applause for doing something so basic. Mm-hmm. It's like, why why do you get an applause? Like, because you, I don't know, changed a diaper or did something that women yeah. have been doing forever. And then what about the woman who's been doing 30 diapers a day? Or like, I don't know. Like, I think about it in that way. Yeah. And But the flip side of that, the, the truth is that everyone, like, if it requires everyone, it has to include everyone. You know, mm-hmm. if it, if, if it, if it's going to be men and women and all people of all experiences standing up to say that interpartner violence is not okay, physical violence is not okay. And that's allyship. Yeah, yeah. It, exactly. It has to be about allyship and seeing people as human and not keeping a scorecard of who's winning and who's beating up on who, even though as the, the victimized community, that's how it feels sometimes mm-hmm. as a woman. It does make me feel like I, I don't have anything to say to men or I don't trust any men out in public because, you know, because of what I know to happen. And yes, it may be 50 men out of 50,000, but that's 50 men that I don't know where they are. I don't know what they're going to do. You know, we see it all the time with women out on the street. They'll get catcalled, especially for black women. This oh. is this is a, a big mm. deal. You'll see someone get catcalled and the girl says, no, I don't want to give you my number. And he shoots her in the face. You know, that has happened so many times, you know, and it makes you feel like I don't I don't even want to be in community with mm-hmm. you because of what I know. Just going to, to Walmart. Happened. Exactly. Just going yesterday. I went to Walmart and some guy asked for my number. I have my sister there. He got aggressive. And I'm just I'm, I'm thinking, okay, let me just get into my car. Let me just get into my car, get my sister into my car, and then we can go. And that and like that is I like and he's he's yelling at me, he's yeah. cursing at me because I didn't give him his phone number. And so when I think as you were saying, like putting like I don't want those people in my space and I also don't want to do the labor of that it takes me, yeah. to teach all these men why this was problematic now I'm not saying other people can't do that labor but it's not <laughs> going to be me it's just it's a it's a catch twenty two when it's like people need to be educated and that's the only way that we're gonna fix this and people have to be included and have to be in the room when we're doing these things and making these shifts in order mm-hmm. to be a part of them. But yeah. it's like you got to be in the room with them. <laughs> and well, let me ask you what I don't get cat call going into Walmart, so <laughs> I'm I'm hearing your experience, but it makes me wonder: is that do you think? You, oh, oh, sure, call me a bitch. I'll give you my number now. I mean, it doesn't even yeah, make but any that's sense. Dangerous. This. Yeah, and that's but th- that's. that's the thing is like, does this work? That and and that's where in my mind I get so frustrated because this is a logical fallacy. This like, how does this even work for you? Yeah. But because this is what people are taught is acceptable behavior to to display to women, that's what they do, you know. But if he never gets a number, yeah, won't he give up that? No. You would think so. No. You would think but, so. But also, no. I mean, I fully respect. <laughs> I fully respect the girl who gives her number because she doesn't want drama. I get that. I, I like. Yeah, it's safety. You know it comes I mean? down it, to okay because you have it to like go another way. It. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you're gonna block him. You're not gonna answer his calls. You're not gonna talk to him after that. But you're gonna give him your number so that he'll stop talking to you and he'll walk away. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's the thing that kind of it creates this like. Well, what what was she gonna do? You know, what was he? What was she supposed to do? She's not wrong for protecting herself, but it's like this other person is now off in the world with this validated point of view that I can be violent toward women and that gets me what I want because violence. Does get you what you want from people who you know who you're gonna hurt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think those are definitely opportunities for information to get out there. Like y'all, y'all were saying, us as individuals in the community just experiencing these things. Of course, we're not gonna feel safe enough to tell mm-hmm. them, hey, what you're doing is not right because you know that you're exposing yourself to 
someone shooting you or someone punching you in the face or something mm-hmm. like that. Of course, that's not going to happen on an individual level, but I think, and that's why I think it's important for everyone to be able to go to this events, like larger events. Oh, we for sure need um, allyship. Yeah. That is like, yeah, I am not denying that's, that's that true. at yeah, all. I'm just saying, I'm thinking yeah. about, yeah, like you said, in the larger level, yeah, but exactly. like individualistic, you know, uh, in, like in, in, individual level, there we go. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's, it's a whole different ballgame. Yeah, and, and why I'm bringing up um, large gatherings again, and uh, something that Dax mentioned was the police being there. And I think one thing of why people say, no, but the police should be there, it's because of violent acts. You know, like vandalizing, oh, this monument, this other um, building, like a federal building was vandalized, or women are just putting, setting everything on fire or stuff like that. We first need to understand that those acts are are acts of not violence, but this is just people exploding after being part of mm-hmm. this for so long and not seeing any violence. change. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like a kid. You're going to see them asking you for, I want chocolate, I want chocolate, I want chocolate. And then that kid, that kid is going to start crying because you never gave them the chocolate. That's the same thing. That's like a, a really simple version of what is happening yeah, with yeah. women. Like, I want change. I want change. Oh, you're not giving me change. Here's a rock. Here's yeah. like paint. Here's this and that. So I think for some people, it will be necessary for them to see, well, there needs to be um, like police there for it to calm things down. I mean, but this thing shouldn't need to escalate if there was a change that was happening. So with that being said, what are these changes that can happen and how we can do those changes? Well, I think we can all do what we can with what we have. Mm-hmm. We can make a donation, we can vote, we can call le- elected officials, we can volunteer, we can clean out our closets. I have an amazing benefit thrift store down on Lemon Avenue, well, just right up Lemon Avenue, and it is uh, our moms and kiddos can shop for free because most often they leave with just the clothes on their backs. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, clean out your closets, clean out, I can take men's clothes and sell those, and that goes right back into emergency client assistance. Um, so there's a lot of things we can do, and, and that's really really how change happens. It just becomes this, it's just the right thing to do. And you do what you can with what you have in your sphere of influence, in your workplace, in your faith community. Mm -hmm. Be yourself a resource for that. I was telling Jan, I had no idea that she owned that thrift store. And I was at your store the other day and there was a woman being hella rude to one of your staff. And I wanted to be like, lady, who the hell do you think? This woman's just doing her job. It's a thousand degrees outside. But instead I waited for her to go inside and I just told the woman, I apologize on behalf of that lady. She was acting crazy. And I was just like, I wanted to be more like embarrass her in front of everybody. But, you know, I But just, given that she was in that store, that woman may, may have just, left that yeah. situation yesterday and she's stressed out and she's frazzled. She has no money. And now yes. someone just told her they don't have the shoes in her size. And, and it now can't she's get any worse out. than this. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah. I mean? Well, um, the good news is Genesis Benefit Thrift Store has shoes in your size. Yes. And it doesn't matter <laughs> what size they are. So that's a way to help, you know? So we can mm-hmm. each do what we can with what yeah. we have. But uh, we talked a lot today about education. I want to invite everyone who's listening to go to our website, www.genesisshelter.org. Um, learn how to help a friend. Learn how to get involved. Learn what domestic violence is and pass that information on. Yes, definitely pass that information. You know, we're, we're in the era of social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Mm-hmm. Well, what else is out there? I mean, I don't know, at this the- point, there's so many, but those are the ones I use. So anyways, share it there. <laughs> go to 
to Genesis website, go to also the Prism Health um, website, phntx.org. And if you have any questions, please feel free to email us at beneath the briefs at prismntx.org. Or if you feel comfortable calling and leaving a voicemail for us, we love hearing your stories. Um, if you had any questions about this or any of the other episodes, feel free to call at 469-540-2253. You know, just ask any questions. We, we want to give you the information. That's part of why we decided to create a podcast. We want everyone to have the opportunity to learn about these things that are really, as we all talked about before, um, are not being talked at home, at, in schools. Like mm-hmm. these are quote unquote touchy subjects that mm-hmm. we shouldn't be talking about. But you know what? It's time to start talking yes. about it. It's time to do it. It's time for change. And it's time for all of us to be taking care of each other as humans. It doesn't matter if you're a woman, man, or you don't identify as either of those. We just have to take care of each other. So, Jen, really, thank you so much My for pleasure. joining us today. Thank you so much. This, has this is been a great a conversation. Really great conversation. Sophia, as always, you're always a great guest. Thank you so oh, much thanks. for coming back. And Dex and Devin, do you want to share anything? Any last minute thoughts? Um, I would say mostly just know what violence is, know what domestic violence is, and be able to be a resource and be supportive to yourself and to others. Just just focus on educating and, and interrupting those patterns. That's all that I can really say. That's in the front forefront of my mind right I now. I love, though, that you're saying that because every abuser has told his victim, no one will hear you, mm-hmm. no one will believe you, and no one will help you. Mm-hmm. Let's and that's him, not true. Let's call him a liar. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. yeah. simple. Simple. He's a bald-headed liar. It's, it's, it's not true at all. We hear you, we see you, and for the people that are hearing and seeing these things, that you know, the thing I've always felt in my heart but actually put words to today was don't wait for it to become personal with you. Make it, you know, like, make it actually humanly personal. Yeah, you're a person, so it's already You are personal. a human person. They're a human person. Get the hell involved. Get up in there. You know, do what you need to do. Follow your heart. You know, try to be compassionate and do it in the safest way possible, but show that that behavior is not okay. And the person being victimized is going to see that you see that, and the person that's doing the damage is going to see that that's not okay. Including at PRISM. Uh, PRISM is a safe haven. If you, if you come in here, if you're here for anything, if you mention that this is, you know, half to you and you need some help and you need some resources that's part of what our job here is is to be that resource for you yeah or connect you to any other resource so those closing thoughts were a little longer (laughs) than expected but that just means that this conversation has to keep going i mean this was again a great conversation i thank you all so much for being here and just keep, keep listening keep listening to this and other podcasts just get yourself as much information as you can and we'll see you on the next one bye bye that was good super fun The views, personalities, or opinions expressed during Beneath the Briefs are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of PRISM Health North Texas and its employees.